0: Thank you for choosing the learning to thrive podcast where we have real conversations with real people about real life. And now here's your host and my friend, David Higginbotham.
1: Hello and welcome to the learning to thrive podcast. Thank you for taking some of your time today to join us. My name is David Higginbotham and I'm your host and I'm here with Tom Kalinov, who's my co-host. Hello, Tom. Oh, we're recording. I, oh I thought, oh oh well, good morning good morning well we oh. we had we started we caught ourselves by surprise here good morning, <laughs> Tom and I were talking back and forth about some things we're we're, we're tweaking some things here and there, and so um it's uh th- today we're bringing you um a, a bonus podcast we're doing a series of bonus podcasts that focus on the bro- the broader theme that we've entitled six key elements six key elements to helping you thrive in life and uh, this is the fifth element and uh, we call it soul care um, and uh, we've had a number of other bonus episodes for instance we just finished up one uh, on the Holy Spirit which we called Spirit Walk if you haven't had a chance to listen to that I would encourage you to go back and and listen to those because we have, but what we're doing here is, we just call it casual conversation. We have some things we want to talk about, but it's not scripted. It's not it's not a teaching. It's not intended to be a sermon. It's just a talk conversation between a couple of friends. And that's, exactly. that's what we're doing, right, Tom? Exactly. So soul care, learning to nurture and care for my heart and soul. And we were talking just a minute ago, just before we clicked record, and w- when we use the term heart and soul, we're, we're talking about the spiritual slash emotional part of your life. Um, some people divide spirit from soul and, you know, body, soul and spirit. I mean, there's some there's some reasons for that, but we're using that term of heart uh, and soul to refer to that part of that dynamic part of your life, which is rooted in the spirit and rooted in your emotions. So that's where we are. Tom, you said you had some stuff you wanted to, you wanted to.
0: Yeah, I, I just wanted to, to, to highlight. David sent me some bullet points regarding soul care. I, I wanted to run through those real quick, but then the last one is the one that I really wanted to start with. If you, If you're open for that, so take care of your heart. So here, here's some points regarding soul care. Take care of your heart for out of it are the issues of life. And I'm not going to quote the scriptures. You'll hit those. Caring for your soul begins with growing a growing intimacy with the father. Regular, focused, meaningful engagement with the source of your life. All who are thirsty, come to me and drink out of your inmost be- innermost beings will flow rivers of living water. Soul care is not about enhancing your status or position before God or getting his attention. It's not about improving your knowledge of scripture or theology. It's not Bible study, although it may involve the Bible. It's about learning to drink from his well. It's about connecting with your father. It's about learning to rest in him and finding your life in him. It's about finding joy in his presence. And then the last one. And before I read this last one, David and I have had an ongoing relationship for quite a few years, and it started out with a very heavy, not heavy in a negative way, but I mean, an emphasis on mentorship. That door is still open. More so, though, right now, it's it's sharpening each other. However, Mm. that mentor door is open, and not that long ago, I was having a conversation with David. We were talking about this topic. And I was saying something along the lines of, I nurture my soul. I take care of my soul because then I have something to give someone else. And do you remember that? <laughs> yes, I and do. And you, ju- I think it was about a three <laughs> nanosecond pause and you jumped on it. Do you remember what you said? Go not ahead. Ex- not exactly. Go ahead. I no, think- but go, go. Basically, the emphasis was, it's not about doing something for someone else.
1: Right. What I, I think what I said was, and I, I think what I said, uh, I, something to the effect of, I'm going to call bogus on that. Uh, you know, I'm, you did because you nurturing and caring for your heart and soul, you nurturing and caring for your, the spirit part of your being, um, is not about you helping somebody else. It's about you. Learning to thrive in life. And I'm not saying that, um, we don't touch other people's lives and, but, but the purpose of God pouring out his grace and his mercy and his love and his peace in you is not so you can be better at helping other people. It's about so that you can be nurtured and you can be, uh, w- strengthened in your innermost being so that your life will be better tom so that your life will have yes. the substance in a, and and the this is a great term it will have the flavor of jesus yes now from that does flow you know the relationships we have with others and um but that's not the purpose you right. know <clears throat> and i think i went on to say god doesn't need you to do what he's doing he, he, he doesn't, God's doing just fine before you came along. God's doing just fine before I came along. He'll be doing just fine after I've gone to be with him. He He's not scrambling around with help wanted signs everywhere, like is happening in all the businesses that we drive by mm-hmm. because of this labor shortage. God's not scrambling, trying to get people to join in and to do this thing. He's up. He's doing just fine. He, he does, and this is, you and I have talked about this as well. I've really gotten away from, I'm trying to get away from the use of the term God using me. Right. And it's something that's been trained, ingrained, ingrained in our lives. And soul care is not so that you can get yourself better so God can use you. Cause I don't right. think we use the phrase God uses us. I don't think God uses us at all. I think <laughs> he invites us into the journey of the things that he's doing. I mean, think about this. Think about this, Tom, Jesus said, Jesus didn't say God uses me. He says, I do what I see the father doing. And I say what I hear the father saying. And it's, it's not like you're not a tool in God's hands. I've used to pray, God, make me a tool in your hands. No, God, God doesn't need a tool. He just, he, he lets me, I I get some awareness. Oh, wow, there's something going on here. Had it happened just this morning, just this morning. You know, I, I drive a school bus here and I was in the bus driving room and I'm a sub and I wasn't having to drive today. Another sub was there and it was clear she wasn't feeling well. And I I said to her, I was saying, are you okay? No, I'm not doing okay. And I, uh, and she explained to me what was going on. She's had migraine headaches and some stuff. And I, and I'm thinking, okay, what's going on here? And I just thought, Father, just touch her, touch her heart, touch her life, touch her body. And I began to pray for this lady because she's in a place of need. And you know something? The amazing thing is, is that God loves her. And his care and concern for her is exactly the same as his care and concern for me. And that I had this awareness, this sort of thing goes click. Oh, and I just began to pray for her. Now I didn't go over and lay my hands on her head, which was hurting by the way. I didn't go over and do something and call down Shekinah glory. I didn't do any of that stuff. I've done that in the past. Slacker, you know, really. Yeah. Yeah. I just simply, I just simply had this sense of. Here's an opportunity for me to engage with God in what he's doing. God is always caring for people. He always is. And so this aspect of soul care is not so that I can be a better tool in God's hand. It's not so that I can be in a better position so he can use me. It's so that I can just be better. I can be more healthy I can be um, more in tune with the Lord. Out of that flows whatever happens. But it starts with you, Tom. Mm -hmm. He's the focus. I mean, you're the focus of his heart. You're the one that's the focus of his heart. And I think it's I think it's important for us to you know this is one of the things that you and I've talked about. And the scripture tells us the reason God set us free is so. That we would be free. Mm-hmm. It's for freedom yep, that God right. has set us free. Yeah. And the reason is He wants us to be free. Right.
0: Now I warned David ahead of time that I'm in a goofy mood. <laughs> and so now this is the part of our conversation. I didn't make him sign a memorandum of, a memorandum <laughs> of agreement though, but this is the time where snarkiness and hyperbole will come together. So David, mm-hmm. come on, man. Soul care. How can that even be important? I mean, by the time people listen to this, you know, it could be a week from now, could be years from now when they find this podcast, we could be up to COVID-22 and a half. We could be on our 15th booster. Uh, I mean, the the crime situation may be worse. We may have uh, uh, other international issues going on, different countries where there may be wars and rumors of war to... I won't get into that scripture, but there may be all this stuff. How can soul care even be an issue or even be important?
1: Well, you, you could you you could say the same thing for eating well. Uh, there's all these big crises in the world. Why is it important what you eat today? Um, all these crises in the world. Why is it important that you get rest? I mean, because all of these terrible things are going on out there. Well, <clears throat> do you, uh, do you want to be sick next week? No. Then, well, then do, do you want to live in a body that is more susceptible to uh, viruses and disease and those kinds of things that comes around, you know? Well, then you're going to need to get some sleep. You're going to need to have Uh, You need to take in uh, a a good amount of of, of water every day. You you need to have fluids. You need to have ongoing, um, you need to have good nutrition. If you don't have good nutrition, if you don't get rest on a regular basis, if you don't drink good fluids and good water, I mean, if you drink bad water, that's going to be bad for you. You, Your life, the life that you live physically and the life that you live emotionally and the life that you live spiritually is going to be affected by these dynamics that are happening in the temple that you're walking around in. And if you don't care for your body, and if you don't care for your soul, if you don't care for your heart, you're not going to thrive in life. Right. You're just, you're David, just not what's going interest,
0: to. What's interesting is my snarkiness. And your response reminded me of an amazing little book. It was a speech, but it's in a book. It's called Learning in Wartime by C.S. Lewis. I don't know if you ever read Mm. it. And and it's really, really good. And the context is, you know, how can we, you know, there's people going to hell. There's a war going on. There's all this. How can we, you know, thrive in the arts? How can we thrive in whatever we're studying? How, How can that be important? And. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. What C.S. Lewis describes is absolutely brilliant.
1: See, one of the things that I respond uh, to, and I didn't a minute ago, but one of the things that I generally respond to when people ask me about this, how can you be, how can that be important when all these terrible things are going on? And I, one of the things that I respond to it is none of those things are your responsibility. So David, in your points here,
0: you say soul care is not about enhancing your position or status before God or getting his attention. Unpack that a little bit.
1: Well, there's nothing you can do to enhance your position before God. I mean, you, for, let's go back for just a second. There's nothing that you can do to establish a position before God. There's nothing that you can do to maintain it. There's nothing that you can do to enhance it. You are Righteous, which means rightly related with God. You have the same relationship with God, the rightly related relationship that Jesus has. He took your sin. He became your sin. He became my sin. And he gave us his relationship with God. His righteousness is the right relationship that he has with his father. I call it the great exchange. Others have called it the great exchange. I'm sure I didn't come up with that name, but there's this exchange that took place through what he accomplished that first Easter weekend. So me focusing on my heart and my spirit and nurturing and caring for that spiritual dynamic of my life doesn't help me be closer to God. You can't get any closer to God than the relationship that Jesus has with his father. That's the relationship that you have with him. So it's not about, gee, I need to do this so that God will hear my prayers. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about prayers at some point in the future, but not right now, but because it just doesn't work that way. I mean, that's, that's sort of a, you know, tagline. It doesn't work that way. You know, Mm -hmm. there were these commercials of these, these elderly ladies sitting around look with their phones trying to figure out how to post something online and one lady is look at, looking at the other saying it doesn't work that way well that's that's the way we are in our faith life we've been taught so many things tom we've been taught you got to be reading your bible well you know what if reading your bible is one of those important elements of your relationship with God then most of the people who've lived in the past couldn't have a relationship with God. Because number one, they couldn't read. Or number two, if they could read, they didn't have a copy of the scriptures. I mean, it's just absurd. Jesus established your relationship with God, Tom, because he took his and gave it to you. So it's not about enhancing your position. It's not about getting God's attention. We just had a little interruption in our discussion here just a minute ago, because your granddaughter got up and you said, yep. oh, "I've got to deal with that." It's a, you know why? Because she always has your attention, Tom. Yeah, my grandchildren are coming this weekend to spend the weekend here with with grandma and me. Actually, they're coming to spend the weekend with grandma. I'm going to be there, <laughs> <laughs> but they they don't have to do anything to get our attention. If they're breathing, they have our attention. Yeah. So taking care of and nurturing your soul doesn't enhance your position with God. You know what it does? It makes you a more healthy, a spiritually healthy person. And isn't life better when you're spiritually healthy? Isn't life better when you're physically healthy? That's the purpose. It's for freedom. It's for freedom God, it's that it's God free. has set us free, and and to nurture and care for our heart and soul is so that we would be more healthy, a healthier okay. person, and that's the bottom line.
0: Now, one of the ones, David, you wanted to unpack: take care of your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. Proverbs four twenty three. I know you'll probably hit on the scripture. What's interesting is what is in Jeremiah. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And and, and so a lot of people, well, you mentioned Eldridge earlier. I, you know, I'm a big fan of John Eldridge's work. He talks about a lot of Christians go around and they're like, and that this scripture means watch out for that heart. Watch out for it. You got to mm-hmm. keep sure. got to keep an eye on that heart.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That's not what that scripture means at all.
1: Well, the context, the context of that scripture, which was Old Covenant under the law, in the context of that scripture. It was it was allowable to take your rebellious son to the elders who sit at the gate of the city and stone him. You know anybody who's encouraging that today? <laughs> and the reason the reason being is that we live on this side of the cross we live in a post cross era okay and the, the, one of the aspects of the new covenant that is that's just generally missed is where god promises to give his people a new heart i will give you a heart of flesh not of stone. Right now you've got a heart of stone and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh, a heart that is, that's living, that's alive. And the heart that God places within us is a living heart that is able to receive his love and his grace and his mercy and his peace. It's able to receive the life of Christ within us. You see, most of us have grown up believing that the, and I posted this on Facebook this morning, something related to this that our primary job as Christians is to imitate Jesus. Well, that's just crazy. It's not our job. Our primary job is not to imitate Jesus. Our primary opportunity as a Christian is to learn how to allow Jesus to live his life in me. And there's a difference there. Out of your heart flows the issues of life. Out of your heart flows your response to what's happening in the world around you. In your family, your response to family circumstances flows out of your heart. Your response to political circumstances flow out of your heart. Your response to challenges and issues that are happening in your church flows out of your heart. Your heart, that spiritual, emotional part of your life that is where it's the source of responses to life we f- we respond out of that now i know there are a lot of people who are are more emotionally responding than others and some are more cognitively related than others but i tell you what buddy when the crisis happens like the tornadoes that came through kentucky this past week mm-hmm. okay when 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 life gets real and right up in your face you're not responding out of your brain and thinking, hmm, I need to think about this. Now, what would be the best way to respond? No, you're responding out of your heart. And it's, mm-hmm. and, and if you have a heart that's weak and broken and, and neglected, the response that you get to those life circumstances is going to come from that weak and broken and neglected heart. But if your heart is, is strong and, and healthy and vibrant and filled with uh, filled with experience with God and filled with his life, you're going to respond out of that as well. And so it's, it's essential that we learn to do this, Tom. It, it doesn't just happen automatically. I mean, the, 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 the admonition from Proverbs is, Hey, Higginbotham, take care of your heart. Hey, Kalanaugh, Tom, Tom, stop, stop what you're doing. Listen. Take care of your heart, because the things that flow out of your heart impact your life in every aspect. And see, caring for your, caring for your soul begins with, with a growing intimacy with God. That's point number two. <clears throat> in Mark chapter one, it says that Jesus got up early in the morning while it was still dark, as was his custom, and he went out and he spent time with his father and you know if the son of god needed to do that on a regular basis if he had a custom built into his life of pulling away from the other stuff and getting alone with god i think it might be a a good example for us to follow i mean um and here's what here's what i'm talking about in terms of i'm talking about a regular focused meaningful engagement with the source of your life I'm not talking about Bible study. Bible study is a perfectly fine thing to do. It's a wonderful thing to do, but that's not what I'm talking about.
0: Well, I was going to bring that up the regular, focused, meaningful engagement. It's the next point, but we're not going in any particular order. But for many years in my Christian walk, regular, focused, meaningful engagement meant I had a half a dozen devotionals and I would pick and choose and Mm -hmm. sometimes go through all of them. Or, uh, okay, Mm -hmm. I got my prayer list and I would pray for you know, the people I know and then regional things and then national and international things. And I Mm -hmm. have, so from a kingdom perspective, from a perspective of grace, what is regular focused, meaningful engagement? How would you unpack that?
1: Well, regular is going to mean a variety of different things, but it means regular. I mean, uh, what I am not doing is prescribing do it this way do a and b and c and d and e and then your life will be wonderful no i'm not doing that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that well how often do you eat tom i mean how often do you Uh rest you know i mean how often do you how often do you relax how often do you work i mean we have rhythms we have a rhythm of life that we are in most of us at some level it might vary quite a bit you might have a work schedule that changes around but we have a rhythm of life the rhythm of life that we live in if let me rephrase that if the rhythm of life that we have developed and are growing in does not have as a as an ongoing component connecting with and engaging with uh the, the source of my life then i'm going to be anemic it's, it's focused is, you know, I think it's probably challenging to have that Jesus, you know, Jesus withdrew, you know, he, he went out, he got away from the people and his disciples and he went up, he, it, it was, and I'm just going off of what I'm, I see Jesus doing there. And I just said a while ago, our, our job is not to, in, you know, to, to, um, to, to become like, I mean, you know, what, what's the term that I said? I mean, not
0: to imitate him, not to imitate. Yeah. I'm having a senior, having having a
1: senior moment right now. No, but it's it's not
0: to imitate him. It's to let him live through us.
1: Yes. And, and, you know, if he did that, then he's probably doing, you know, in me, he's going to draw me into himself. Mm -hmm. And, um, the, the meaningful engagement is where my heart is 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 touched and engaged engaged with God. I, I did quiet times for years that worked on my brain, but never touched my heart. Because I was oriented that way.
0: You I've know? heard people do that.
1: Yeah. The, I, yes, I've heard. Of course. Yeah, you you've never done you've never been a part of that kind of thing. Listen, I, I'm not saying it's bad. I, I'm not really? saying See, I'm not saying that having a quiet time is a bad thing. It's a good thing. It might be it might be the mode or it might be the method in which you you encounter and connect with God and your heart is nurtured and strengthened. If your heart is nurtured and strengthened and encouraged and and you feel vitality, go for it. That's that's what I'm talking about. I mean, Jesus also, one of the things the next one Jesus said Uh, there was this situation where this this great feast was going on. And uh, on the very last day, everybody's all gathered there and the priests are pouring out these water out of this well. And it was this ritual they went through and Jesus stands up and said, any of you who are thirsting, come and drink from me. And the one who believes in me out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Here's the thing, Tom, if if you are drinking from his well, and this is a mat- this is a metaphor you know if 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 you are engaged with him and you're believing by the way the term believing is it, the the more modern translation of that term would be to trust in if you're actively trusting in the lord you're drinking of his well th- then the living water the rivers of living water will be flowing out of your life now John said this John said. He was this, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit who, who was to, who was to be given in the near future. You know, these people hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet and, and he is going to be when, when he comes. Here's the bottom line. If you look at your life and you have that sense of the growing awareness of his presence with you, and you have that sense of His nurturing uh, uh, involvement with you, and you have you, you're you're hearing that the love expression of God in your heart, and you're you're having that sense of your soul being strengthened, that spiritual part of your life being strengthened and nurtured. The Scripture is involved, prayer is involved, worship is involved. Quite quite possibly conversations. You and I have had conversations together where we spend, you know, we spend 30, 40 minutes talking and, and we come away from that. We are nurtured and strengthened in our heart. And it's it, it's not this one thing that we do. It is uh, an openness of our heart to receive from God so that my heart and my soul can be nurtured. I can be strengthened And I can see rivers of living water flowing out of me, which is that the working of the Holy Spirit in my life. See, this is where touching other people happens. Because of the overflow of God's Spirit in Tom Kalanob, which is bubbling up. Because you're drinking from his well, it's bubbling up and flowing out of you because you're engaging with him. You're, you're regularly drinking from his well. You're regularly encountering his presence in your life. You're regularly consciously aware of the presence of God with you. By the way, none of this is anything you can earn. And none of it is anything that you can do. When I, when I use do, I'm talking about in quotes, this is not a work you can do. This is something God works in you. So it's it's not about enhancing your status. It's not about improving your knowledge of the scriptures. It's not about Bible study. Although that's fine. That's good. It's about learning how to drink from his well. And, and that happens in different ways with us.
0: The and you hit on it during this last little bit here, but the the rivers of living water that'll flow out of us, I don't remember who the... I'm not going to get the quote exact, and I don't remember who it's attributed to, but it was it's a pretty old quote, and it was basically saying we should be a reservoir versus a canal. In other words, that we fill up. We have that life, We have that abundance. We fill up, and then out of the overflow, that's what goes to other people. Versus, we get a little bit, we give it; we get a little bit, we give it, and then we're dry and crackly and dried to a crackly crisp. So,
1: see, you just described something there that I think most of us have had experience with, and that's get a little bit and give it, and get a little bit and give it. That that kind of thing, I think, that described my life, frankly. I spent a lot of years in various aspects of pastoral ministry and church leadership. And that pretty much described my day-to-day week-to-week life. And what a tragic, what a tragedy that is Yes, because I was living under, I was, I was living under the misconception that my reason for being here is helping you. And Missing the, missing entirely the reality that the thing that needed to be happening was me learning how to drink from his well. Right. Me learning how to allow him to nurture my heart. Because, see, all of that impacts my being. It impacts the the reality that that I have been designed to live in the presence of God, Tom. You, you have stamped on your soul. You have stamped on your heart, stamped on your spiritual DNA. Bam! You've got the, the, the image and likeness of God stamped on you. You are designed for encountering and, and regular, uh, ongoing fellowship and relationship, and nurturing, and drinking from his presence. See, the truth is, you have never been apart from the presence of God. i never been. He has always been here. Peter said on the day of Pentecost, This stuff was happening, and the people were going, what in the world is going on here? And he said, this is what the prophet Joel spoke about. It's being fulfilled now. And what Joel said in that day, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. God's spirit has been poured out on the world from the day of Pentecost. We live in a post-cross era. The spirit of God is, is omnipresent. There's never been a time when you and I have lived separated from the reality of God. You, you can't. He's the one who holds all things together. We have lived ignorantly. We have lived not knowing that God was here. What is Emmanuel? God with us. he That's who he's called. God with us. The, the prince that was coming, the Messiah that was coming, that we're celebrating that time right now in this season. Emmanuel, God with us. And yet we have been trained by a religious system that says, here are 10 things that you need to do that will enhance your relationship with God and that will help you get his attention. And here are five things that you need to do that will make you a better Christian. And what I'm saying is, oh, that's bogus. No, the, the we have his presence. We just don't know it. We don't give attention to it. See, and that's why, that's one of the things that I'm trying to encourage us to be aware of is that resident within us, those who are believers and followers of Jesus Christ, resident within us is the living God. And if I can pull away like Jesus, you pull away and go spend some focused, regular, meaningful time with the source of my life. I'm not saying you need to journal every day. I'm not saying you need to have a quiet time. If you journal, wonderful, wonderful. If you don't, that's fine too, wonderful. It, it, it's about me learning that my life, and, and this is the bottom line of it, Tom. My life is deeply impacted by the health of my spirit and by the health of my soul. Yeah. Deeply impacted. You see, comes out of my heart, and I'm using my heart to refer to those things together. Out of my heart flows the issues of life. Every aspect of my life is enhanced or uh, altered or challenged. Every aspect of my life is impacted by the health of my soul, my spirit man. My inner man has an impact on every aspect of my life. And if we're not aware of that, we're going to be eating hot dogs and ice cream every day and wondering after six or eight or nine months or a year why we're in such bad health. Well, you, you haven't been eating any vegetables. You've been eating uh, hot dogs and ice cream at every meal for six months. No wonder you, you you're, you're you need some help. And all of us in various ways, Tom, this is true of my life. It's true. Of, it's true of all of our lives. And it breaks my heart because I, I've become aware of this in recent years. And I'm trying to make those adjustments in my own process. The truth is this. If I'm not learning how to care for my inner man, if if, or if I were a woman, my inner woman, if I'm not learning how to care for my inner being, if I'm not recognizing the presence of God is right here, Emmanuel is with me, if I'm not learning how to drink from his well, the health of my inner man affects the life that I'm able to live outwardly with my family and my friends and my job and my community. It's deeply impacted by the cause out of that inner man, out of my heart flows the issues of life.
0: You know, I was chuckling earlier when you said 10 things and five things, because I was thinking the exact thing that we're not here to give 21 irrefutable, whatever, or seven, this, or 10, this, or five, that. However, Everybody's different. We know that everybody responds differently to music or to art or to scripture or to a devotion. But some practical, maybe kind of a practical overview of how someone can take steps in the direction Mm -hmm. of caring for their soul, Mm -hmm. uh, take steps in the direction of becoming a reservoir, not a canal take steps in the direction of resting in him, finding their life in him, take steps in the direction of, wow, there's rivers of living water flowing out of me. And I'm not doing anything. I, I'm not, you know, uh, but I'm. people around me are being touched just because of everything that's coming out of me. So just if that makes any sense, how how would you, encourage someone to take steps in that direction?
1: I I think there are some steps that we could take because here, here, oftentimes when you ask me this type of question, I start with an awareness, a a statement of awareness. (laughs) We're we're not going to take steps in that direction if we don't realize that we need to. I mean, uh, I had a conversation with a with a guy the other, just just recently and he was talking about a mutual friend and he was saying that this mutual friend thinks he's doing just fine <laughs> you know and the issue was there are some challenges there but he's not aware he's just not aware mm-hmm. so the first thing that I think we need to do is to develop an openness in our heart that recognizes that there's a journey to be made in my life in general. And there's a journey to be made specifically about me nurturing and caring for my inner man, my inner woman, if I happen to be a woman, my inner being. And the best place to start with that is just to talk to God. And and, and just simply ask the Lord, would you help me with this? I don't I don't know how to do this very well I mean, or would you help me get better at doing this maybe someone's you know moving along on that journey and they want to enhance and get better at nurturing and caring for their inner being but I think starting there's a really good place I think that again uh, not that we're looking to try to imitate Jesus and everything, but it was one of those things that he did on a, on a regular basis, pulling apart from the crowd, pulling apart from the routine and having some time when he would just be alone with God. What did he do? We have no idea. And I think that's by purpose because if we had some specific insight, we would have had 40 or 50 denominations have developed around Various approaches to how to do this thing that Jesus did. Yeah. Again, I understand the thinking. I was raised in this thinking. I was there for so many years. I get it. I have great uh, compassion. Because, tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. No, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I don't know what to do. I mean, I'm learning uh, uh, some things in my own life to do. I'll, let me. I'll give you an example. My heart has been really nourished over the past several weeks. My wife too. <clears throat> Through a playlist that I have on my iPhone, on my phone, mm-hmm. get in the car, set that thing up, man. Thank the Bluetooth connection. And I'm playing Christmas music. Mm-hmm. And some of it's instrumental. And some of it is, uh, uh, you know, choir singing, you know, and, and, and I went through and took some stuff off that playlist because I thought, mm, no, that's not, that's not nurturing me. <laughs> and I wasn't doing it purposefully in, in, in preparation for this conversation. I mean, you know what I'm saying there? I, it's just right. been nurturing my heart. We, we are going places and we're doing things, put that on, man. I tell you what, I probably have, um, you know, 30 different songs on this thing. And it, it's just really, really helpful. Wow. That's Christmas music is nurturing your soul. Yeah, it is. It is Uh, another thing I, and this is something I mentioned probably on a previous podcast. I've got a new, I got a new New Testament and it's in a, it's in a different translation than I've read and I, I got it. Recommended to me from a friend and I thought, you know, I'm going to try that. And I wasn't a lot of money. I was able to buy it. got this thing. And I, I've found, <clears throat> and so I've, I've, I'm using it. I'm using it to, to, to read larger chunks to take in larger chunks of the scripture than I've been used to doing. And so I'm reading through the epistles in, in the new Testament, I keep coming back to Colossians and I keep going to first John. You know, it, and I'm just reading, I'm not taking notes. I'm not studying. I'm just reading, I'm reading it out loud. And it, it, it's, 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 it's helpful to me. Um It's beneficial. Um I'm going to be spending time with my grandchildren this week, this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it's, it's such a joy to spend time with these boys. Uh and and just watch them play and encourage, and play with them and and it's just nurturing it's nurturing to that emotional part of my being. And it's I I, I don't mean to sound overly dramatic here, Tom, because I I'm not. I need that. Yeah. I need that nurture. I need I need that drink of cool water. I need that awareness of the presence of God in my life. I see it in my grandchildren. They are living joyful, happy lives. I know that life has put a target on their back. Life does that. So I pray for them. But the context of life that they are growing up in is preparing them to take on life they will experience when they step out the door and they get launched into their own version of life. And it's I don't think there's three things that you can do to nurture your soul. <laughs> I'm sure somebody's got some ideas on that and I'm not throwing rocks at it. All I'm saying is this. Friends, if you're if you're sort of stirred in your heart with this discussion that we're having, go to God. And, and find some people who seem to be um, experiencing the living waters of God in their life. And say, what are you doing? What happens? Talk to some people who seem to be doing this and see if you can learn something. I have. That's how I got the into this, into this uh, new scripture. It's not a new scripture translation, but it's a new for me. It's new for me. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? This person was sharing about how this was helping and encouraging their lives. And I thought, you know, I I I'm gonna try. It. And it was really helpful for me. The thing that I want to encourage you to do, those of you who are listening, and myself and Tom, be purposeful about engaging with the presence of God in your life. You don't have to put on music to have the presence of God. Although, if music sort of helps you get into that place of connection, then do it. Whatever you have to do, because here's the hard truth, Tom. Right now, while you and I are talking, God's presence is right here with us. We may or may not be aware of it. But here's something. We both know it's a whole lot better when we are. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's about wrapping it up. Don't you? Yeah. Oh, let absolutely. Me, let, let me pray for us all right now, yeah. okay? Just yeah. Father... We never have to invite your presence. You're always here. We never have to say, Come, Holy Spirit. We never have to beseech you and ask you to come invade the room where we are. You're always with us. You're here because I'm here. You're here because Tom's here. You're here with the others who are listening in their cars or in their living rooms or wherever. Help us to develop that growing awareness of your presence in our lives. Help us to learn how to drink from your well. Help us to learn how to drink from your presence, how to receive your presence in our lives. Help us learn how to care for and nurture that spirit man, that spirit woman that is within us. Help us learn how to rest in you and help us learn how to find joy in our awareness of your presence with us now, Father. That's how we're going to be men and women who are healthy in our hearts, who are healthy in spirit. And I know that's where you want us to be. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love and your peace. And thank you for how you are helping us learn how to thrive in life as we go along. We bless you, Lord. Thank you so much. Friends, thank you for listening. Thanks for, uh, getting to the end of this, of this podcast. We have, uh, we have one more podcast we're going to bring in this, in this uh, theme and uh, we'll be bringing that to you after the first of the year. So uh, it's, it's, it's where we're talking about encouraging others, encouraging others, because that's how one of the ways that we learn to thrive in life is by touching the lives of other people, by encouraging other people. It's one of those fruits. It's one of the things that happens when the rivers of living water are flowing out of us. It's not something that we do. I'm going to draw a line here. This may be a little teaser. It's not something that we do. It's something we participate in. Yes. Because none of this happens apart from God. All right. Hey, Tom, thanks for taking this moment. Take the time, man. Appreciate it. We'll be talking again soon. Godspeed to you all. Till next time.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for today's Learning to Thrive podcast. We hope you have been encouraged. Please be sure to join us again next time. Together, we are learning to thrive.